Right, before we begin, I've got a joke. What is your joke this week, Jim? Right, what is the difference between YouTube's customer service and fucking nothing? Um, one of them wastes your time because it at least pretends it's going to do something? No, the, the, the punchline is fucking nothing. Uh, the difference between YouTube customer service and fucking nothing is fucking nothing. At, at least when you're fuck- fucking nothing, at least you can get a hand. Uh, uh, it, it, fu- fucking nothing at least like doesn't waste your time. You know that fucking nothing is fucking nothing. Today is the day YouTube has rolled out its termination of monetization for uh, anyone who didn't meet the new goalposts that they moved. Uh, uh, that yeah. thing where if you don't get a certain amount of views by a certain amount of time, we're going to demonetize everything um, and you can go and fuck off. And they did that Me- bit this morning. Meanwhile, efficiently. the Paul brothers are still making millions by Me- using meanwhile, their platform. Yeah, meanwhile, you know, sociopathy is allowed and challenging yeah. people. And not to just allowed, but encouraged. You, you well, should- yeah, by the. It's yeah. all about those fucking algorithms that make this shit that just promotes people doing like doing harm to themselves and others. They're yeah. doing just fine. Did did you see what YouTube promoted to like I think it was the second like trending video on YouTube today last I looked was What's a that? video accusing the uh, you know that shooting that happened in America recently yes. accusing oh. the kids from that of not really being like victims of a shooting of being actors. Oh, one of that those. was the second like the biggest Hunch, video yeah. on YouTube today. Brilliant. Well, yeah. it's, it's got that. And, bit and Facebook out. as well was letting that be um, shared around. Yes, Brilliant. because they have a lot to answer for these fucking sites. Really, yeah. God, God, for, God forbid a kid visit one place and then go to school in a different place, and the internet notice, oh, y- you existed in that place, but now you exist in this place. You're clearly a fake person. I swear, conspiracy theorists about these fucking shootings are complete and utter toads. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that's an insult to toads. They're they're the shit that comes out of a toad's anus. Um, Utterly gross. But today... um, Oh, by the way, hello, Laura, and hello, Gavin. I hope you're both doing fabulously. I'm doing good. How are you both? Gav better answer first, because I'm about Mm. to go off on one. (laughs) I'm good. Little bit fluey, but good. I hope you get to feeling better soon. That's no fun. Um, right. Might, might be a bit quiet today. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Um, Enjoy being ill. Jim, I'll be feeling better for school, everyone. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, on, YouTube Jim. quite efficiently demonetized a lot of channels today. Um, yeah. And at the same time, broke YouTube for everybody. I've got a spicy Metal Gear Survive Jimpressions video. Raring to go. I start uploading it. It hangs at 6% and tells me it's going to take 2 hours and 50 minutes to upload this 10-minute video. Wow. Um, that was the first part. Then the upload time just disappeared, which I've never seen before. And I always get giddy and excited when YouTube finds a new way to be broken. Uh, because it's like discovering um, a bag of ice gems in a shop. Uh, it's just a rare and unexpected treat. So that was fun. And I did what everyone has to do when youtube has a problem not go to any official source because there won't be any information there you have to complain about it on twitter and then get corroborating replies from other youtube uploaders who have been having the same thing who will often reply with i've been struggling with this for an hour glad to know it's not just me and then you find out that basically you've become youtube's customer service rep because you're doing their job for them so just like when i nominated myself head of konami pr i might need to start making myself the head of youtube's uh public relations department the internet in general seems to have been falling apart today i also had like my twitter today for about 20 minutes uh it went down from the whole 280 character limit back down to 140 and then it went Lovely. back up to 280. I tried to buy some tickets for an event and like the, the site broke and then everything imploded. It, it, the internet's was been that, very strange today. It's fucking that, crap Was sack. that per- perhaps part of the bot purge that was going on? They changed I mean, something in the algorithm or 
Like I said, the YouTube partnership terminations happened today where they demonetized a lot of people. Um, as I speak right now, um, I'm seeing no monetization on any of my videos, even though I meet all the requirements. And that seems to have happened across the board. It looks like they've accidentally demonetized everybody right now. Um, so that's wonderful. Uh, no one can upload anything or edit anything. They keep getting an error code that's longer than Lord um, of the fucking Rings. Dan, Dan Bull was saying that he uh, got signed into a different account when he tried to upload a video. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So they're signing people into different accounts. That's another new one. Um, and nobody knows what's going on because YouTube hasn't said anything. Uh, so... The only way, and this happens every time there's a problem with YouTube, the only way to find out what's going on with YouTube is to go on social media, complain about it, and then have a bunch of other people saying, oh, thank God it's not just me. That's how you find out that YouTube has a problem. I love YouTube. It's a piece of fucking shit. See, I've tried to open YouTube and it's just not loading full stop. Like, I'm trying to yeah, open my it's video taken a manager long time. and it's just, like, very, very slow... Oh yeah, apparently Laura going into your um going into your analytics or anything like that is another way to get signed into a different account. Oh, okay. Good. Well, I got into my analytics and it appears to be my own. This is I don't appear to be in anyone else's analytics yet. <laughs> YouTube is made out of frog spunk. It must just they must have cobbled it together by wanking off a lot of frogs. I don't even think they produce spunk, but they found frogs that do. They're special YouTube frogs with human cocks, but the spunk comes out all green. And they power their like old Windows 95 computer with it. That's how YouTube works. YouTube is on a Windows 95 computer powered by frog spunk. And that's what I think of YouTube. <laughs> The depressing thing is, even if 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 that was the case, and and YouTube was run off of a Windows ninety five computer, that still means that it's being run off more up to date computer technology than America's nuclear arsenal. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Hooray! Politics. Yeah, we're all gonna die as well. So YouTube's fucked, and we're all gonna die. Um, that might be the title of today's episode. <laughs> oh dear. So. I'm doing Podtoid, uh, I almost said again. I don't know why. I haven't done that in years. We're doing Podquisition. Hopefully by the time this is done, I might be able to upload my Metal Gear Survive video because mwah, it's so good. I've got so much quality footage. Um, condensed it into just 10 minutes of a glorious shit show. Uh, but before we continue, we've got to issue a correction. Um, Are you suggesting we've ever got any detail wrong on this show? Ooh. We... We may have made a bit of a mistake. The first mistake we've ever made on this show, very definitely. The second mistake. The first mistake was starting this show. <laughs> um, but since then, we have fucked up. Uh, I got a, an email from Zach. Uh, I'll just call him Zach. I, I, you know, I, I never know how people like to be credited, so we'll just say Zach. Uh, who corrected us on tattoo. Uh, we talked about tattoo and homophobia. Um, it turns out only one of them's homophobic. Uh, the way I, you know, the initial reports I saw was like, oh, tattoo's homophobic, but it does turn out only one of them. It's the dark-haired one with the short dark hair in the vid in the, the one music video everyone's seen. Um, Yulia Volkova uh, is apparently her name. Uh, she's the one who's homophobic, uh, but the red-haired one, Lena Katina, uh, apparently has like rebuked the other one's statements and has sort of been quite pro LGBTQ and everything and has quite literally sort of spoken out against the other one. So my apologies to Lena Katina. Uh, Sorry, not Lena that she listens. Um, but I, I do love saying Lena Katina. Lena Katina is a very name. satisfying name, isn't it? And that's good. See, here's here's the thing. Like, I'm I'm very glad to know that one of them is pro LGBT because I think that we need to start a petition now to reshoot that video. But we just get rid of the homophobic one, and then I take that that one's place in the video and we reshoot the video, and then it will be. Yeah, good. that's a great idea. Also, apparently, according to Zach Yulia, the the dark haired one, the homophobic one. Um, was pretty supportive of LGBTQ stuff. Like, um, around... Up until about 2014. 
and then apparently she just went to shit. She was making, according to this email, supportive statements in an interview regarding the 10th anniversary of their debut album. So I guess uh, she was sort of suppressing that to keep sort of the 10th anniversary thing popular. And then, of course, homophobia in Russia has become really popular lately. So Mm. I guess she feels a lot safer doing that. Uh, But but, 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 uh, still, we don't don't want to, like smear someone as uh, homophobic or bad ally or whatever when they're not. It, it's one of those things that, like, there could be a dozen different reasons and motivations and we'll never know exactly what's going on, but there is something to be said for changing legal status in Russia over the last few years where it is more and more difficult to be pro-LGBT without breaking a law in Russia. And dangerous, almost, in yeah, some cases. To, to some degree, like, it's not surprising to me that those statements have changed for whatever reason yeah but in any case uh certainly as far as lena katina goes um huge apologies on my part for getting that wrong so i'm I'm very sorry about that and thumbs up for being fucking brave to do it as well given that situation and a shout out to to um Russian LBGT people because I've had I've had messages from them a few times and they say that like the things we talk about on this show or that we might talk about on Twitter and everything it's really hard for them to talk about that at home um even with family and stuff and they say it's really refreshing and encouraging to see people do it so shout out to Russian LGBT people hell yeah Russian oh. LGBTQ people big ups I don't know we, if people we, still say We got big your ups. back for whatever that's worth. <laughs> yeah, have have some high fives and some big hugs and keep 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 on keeping on. You you're doing awesome. Yeah. So yeah, just to reiterate, at, at least the the, the red headed uh, half of tattoo is pro LGBTQ. Uh, Yulia, the dark haired one, was and then wasn't, and who the fuck knows. So mm. that's that. Uh, do you guys have um, actually general. that's an interesting thing do you guys have big followings in Russia because I'm, I'm always surprised just, just how many of my listeners are Russian it's a I, huge uh, percentage I have no idea I, yeah. I, I, let's have a look at the analytics if I can open them without getting logged into someone else's details yeah I dare yeah. I dare <laughs> open it up and like get logged into someone else's account like, like I, I have a Russian fan page with I think nearly 15,000 people on it that I don't run they run that themselves. That's that's crazy. Like oh, for someone who's basically a Z lister, I think, I think you're more than said. You know, you're at least mm. up to like I I don't know like Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Q list. <laughs> Q list. Yeah, you know, you're not down the bottom. Nah. Mm. Uh, I I appear to be in my analytics without having broken anything. Um, what does YouTube say about Russia in my YouTube breakdowns? Where do they appear? Uh, Russia make about 2.1% of my watch minutes on YouTube. Look it up, Mike, now. You, you talk away and I'll find it. Do, do your thing. <laughs> so yeah, D- Jim, you've been playing anything this week? Cough, yeah. cough, cough, a game that you try to put a video <laughs> up for and can't put a video up for. Can't put a video up for it. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been playing Metal Gear Survive. Uh, my impressions don't talk about the microtransactions that are in it. There are microtransactions in it. The whole thing is uh, adopting the live services thing. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. login rewards and all that shit. Uh, so, sorry, Jim. R- Russia, 5%, which is fifth after only... Uh, the USA, Germany, the UK, and Poland. Nice. I mean, that's pretty big, given things, all, all things considered. Big, big, big up the Russians. So yeah, Jim, you're saying uh, Metal Gear Survive has my Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't bother with that. I didn't keep the thing installed on my uh, P, uh, PS4 long enough. Um, Metal Gear Survive has not survived on my hard drive. Mm. So that's, I mean, that says it all. I, I uninstalled it, the, not as quick as I did WWE 2K18, but pretty fucking quick. Um, Is there anything in it that, I needed to. like, differentiates it from any other zombie survival game? or? Uh, it makes Metal Gear noises when you use the menu. 
Does it go? Does it go when you get seen by a zombie? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does yeah. it does things mechanically the same as Metal Gear the last Metal Gear Solid did, but reskinned. So it's like, hey, you're no longer fultoning people with a balloon. You're fultoning them with a mini wormhole. And it's really like it's really boring. It's it amazes me. Konami has the Fox engine. Konami has all of the tools, all of the assets, all of the everything that the Phantom Pain had. And didn't use them. There is stealth, nominally. You can sneak up behind uh, a zombie and one-hit kill them so that you can fulton them. And faultoning isn't fun anymore because it's not the funny zipping stuff up with a balloon. It's just this slow going up into a red wormhole in the sky. Um, Slow and boring and dull. Um, Stealth isn't really the point of it like i i made the mistake of approaching the first sort of objective <gasps> as if i were you know playing it like i was snake or someone did, like did you, you were in a metal gear it? game yeah. or something did you play the yeah. metal gear game in the metal gear engine like a metal gear oh yeah yeah i made that mistake like i was expecting at least something approaching phantom plane uh, phantom pain gameplay with survival elements instead it's just another survival game with like the face torn off of the phantom pain and stretched over it like some ghoulish mask uh it is probably the second most annoying survival game i've played since the original early access launch of we happy few um the amount of sleeve tugging it does with its oh i'm hungry oh i'm thirsty oh i'm running out of oxygen it is constant and even even if you're at like 80 percent hunger or thirst it starts going red so it is constantly trying to stress you out and that's not fun and and the amount of food that you can find and clean water and and that like it's so it's such a hassle to get anything Uh, They've managed to, after years of so many other examples they could draw from, they've managed to create just the laziest, most flaccid, most bargain basement survival game with crafting and zombies that I've seen. And I've played a fucking lot of them. It it seemed like such a uh, such an easy slam dunk. Like it seemed like the kind of thing that was theirs to fuck up. It was, you've got the Metal Gear engine. That we know works, and the moment-to-moment gameplay from the the series that we know is like, it is good and satisfying and fun to play this gameplay in this engine. All you have to do is give people more content, and not fuck it up. Instead, what they did <laughs> is made it so that you can build fences, and then just poke through the holes of the fence with a spear at the zombies. Yeah. That's basically the gameplay. Uh, That is, of course, when you're not just stood there while they attack a wall next to you and you wonder what the fuck's going on. Also, that's that's also... Like, not including when you try and boot up the game and it just doesn't start because the game launched broken. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, initially, oh, yes. it just wouldn't boot when it came out. Two hours. Uh, two hours uh, yeah. unplayable. Uh, two hours unplayable. Then there was a patch. And for some people, it started to work. And for some people, the server still didn't work. So there was Brilliant. another patch later in the day. And that seemed to be when it worked for everyone. So Fuck Konami, by the yeah. way. Just, just fuck Konami. Literally, the, the, um, the download initially just did not work it 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 was not a a game i have what Here's i like what they to consider do. give the engine to the player unknown battlegrounds people so that That'd then you can have a fucking cool game with a great engine and without all the buggy shit konami yeah. wouldn't give that engine though because konami can't even give a shit let alone anything else um konami is konami and konami is the worst i think i've established that many times um this is just i mean i've got a very simple and i think very reasonable rule um in life i feel that if you're demanding that the player has to always be online to play the game should always be online to play um i just think that's fair Call it, me Draconian. Yeah, it's it's single player. There's a co-op as well, which is literally a horde mode because yeah. that that embodies Metal Gear. Um, a shitty hack and slash horde mode, which, to its credit, 
is a better Dynasty Warriors game than Dynasty Warriors 9. When you're just hack and slashing mobs of zombies, which is what happens. You get a machete and just hack and slash. Uh, although, in order to fight, you have to... <laughs> You have to hold the trigger like you're aiming a weapon and then aim the weapon like you're aiming a gun and then press basically the shoot button to jab the spear. It's so fucking stupid. Um, my video, which I can't wait to get up when YouTube stops stop shitting its diaper, um, opens with my favourite clip of me on a little cliff that the zombies can't climb and they've all gathered at the bottom so I'm just jabbing down at them with the spear until they're all dead. And then it's like a minute while I wander around each one very, very slowly holding down a button to extract their resources. That's also a big part of the game, is holding down buttons for a very long time to extract resources. Um, and there are three different interaction buttons... <laughs> Um, depending on what you're trying to do. So you might be pressing X to interact with something or square to interact with something or triangle to interact with something. And the different menus have different buttons you got to press uh, because keeping it simple would have been too much. Uh, apparently the idea is to have very simple, dumb gameplay and then overcomplicated menus. Um, but I do think it's adorable how they try to do like the stamina uh, and hunger stuff from Snake Eater uh, without having any idea what made that work in Snake Eater. So it's like you've even got a little injury screen on the on the menu like uh, in Snake Eater, except it's like a basically like a restroom sign of a person, like like just a vague, non-human, vaguely humanoid outline that's like, oh, you're a bit ill, and just a menu just full of visual information that you could just press a button and hope you're doing the right thing. Um, then there's the dust, which is the area outside of uh, your safe zone, where you go in and the map goes offline so you can get completely lost and can't find your way back, or, or can't find your way really anywhere, and can't work out where the objectives are. And all the while you're trying to work out where you are in the dust... A third meter pops up because being, you know, constantly being hungry and thirsty and having a thirst meter that goes down so much, you'd think the person was made out of sandpaper. Uh, that's not enough. Uh, you also have oxygen because you can't breathe in the dust. And that goes down really quick. And the game constantly um, patronizingly reminds you that you've got all of these meters to worry about. Uh, also, your stamina meter depletes... Uh, really fast while you're in the dust as well faster uh, than because, uh in the dust yes uh, in the dust it does uh yeah probably about the same speed i'd say as links outside the dust it lasts a bit longer but inside it no way so you're lost so out outside you can't see alan wake then actually alan wake was probably worse than link because at least link could up his bar and triple it but alan wake was always unfit right to the end we're gonna have a pretty shitty i just i don't get the point of it honestly unless it's like strategically built into the game like uh like the Souls series putting in a stamina meter in like fps games half of them and games like this it really does just seem pointless it really does seem like a desperate attempt to create the illusion of making something challenging when it just makes it fucking annoying when i when, when, when I can outrun a soldier in real life, that's wrong. I shouldn't be able Jim, is, to run quicker some story and you want to tell us than a or video something? game character. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, I can run for longer and quicker than some of these fucking video game characters can if they were in real life. And that shouldn't happen. <sighs> but anyway, Metal Gear Survive... Um, like I said, happily uninstalled it um, last night. Are any of the Metal Gear um, characters in this game, or how does it work? Or? Uh, you briefly, in the opening cutscene, see rehashed footage of uh, Snake and Miller. Wow. Um, and then everyone I goes through if... like a portal, and it's like, oh, oh, no, you go, oh, no big a long way away from all them now, bye. Could you, you do one favour for character. me? Yeah. Could you? Because I have... I've told Laura, I've been laughing at this all week. 
Could you say what they did to Big Boss in the way you did last week about Zhang Zhang Hu or whatever? <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not all that upset at what they did to Big Boss, but. <laughs> I mean, basically, they just put him on a helicopter and got rid of him and sucked went, uh, your player character into it. I went through the whole podcast trying to find that moment last week <laughs> so I could laugh at it again. <laughs> I did it in the Jimquisition on Monday as well because oh, yeah. uh, it was about how shitey Dynasty Warriors has gotten over the years. That video was a revelation. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything left to talk about. There really isn't a lot to say. No, I, like, it, Honestly, it's just another fucking survival game. I, I, I jumped into it a little bit today and... Literally, my only thoughts are just like, you took this this engine and set of mechanics and just found the blandest way to repackage them into something that I just don't care about. Yeah, like the the only stuff you can like praise about it is stuff that was already done, where the work was already done. Like it looks good enough, but that's because the Fox engine was already done. Mechanically, it works okay. But that's only because it's using the mechanics that were already built for Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, the only thing it does that I've liked and could prize is the the effect that of enough zombies pressing up against a fence you've built and they can push it over. But even then, that's often undone by seeing a zombie just glitch through another one of the fences, or them being so stupid that even if they've got a direct line to you. They might just still attack the fence instead um, because their AI is just unbelievable. <laughs> like, there's another footage where it took them like a, a minute or two to work out how to attack me. Like the door was open. I was stood right in front of them. They were looking at me and then they turned and went into the corner to attack a bit of tarp. It's amazing. The AI is incredible. It, on a you know on an, uh, uh, an ironic level uh, but just wow it is it's the youtube customer service of ai is is the ai of those zombies uh, or the wanderers as they call them jesus christ with their fucking bad dragon dildos popping out the top of their stupid fucking heads awful like they don't even look good they look they look laughable not scary Fucking zombie unicorns with their big glowing dog dicks. Umber fucking leavable. Uh, but at, at, at heart, like all of the, like just the incredulity of how dreadful some of it is in terms of, uh, you know, behavior, enemy uh, behavior. I, it's just a another fucking survival game. I was looking at these, um, those enemies and I was thinking about games that have done zombie enemies well, such as, uh, such as like Dying Light, for example, or The Last of Us, or even um, even Dead Island to some extent. Left for Dead Something... as well had nice zombies and zombie variety in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a perfect example. And all of those games, the zombies were a character. They're mm. they're you know they they were terrifying or they were funny or there was something they that set... part of the game like yeah that like made Dead them Rising interesting as well. and fun. And, and somewhat horrifying and, you know, seeing their expressions and their moans and their groans. And I just, I can't imagine that character. I haven't played it, but I cannot imagine that level of character being present in a unicorn horn instead they, of a They're head. not. Like, they just mm. want, like, they're called wanderers for a reason. Because they just stagger quietly about. Mm. And they don't. They're not scary. They're not creepy. They're the only time they're funny is on accident when they attack a bit of tarpaulin mm. instead of you when you're stood right there. Um, it's they are like the one of I won't say the worst. They are one, among the worst takes on zombies I've seen. Mm. Um, of course, don't call them zombies. They're wanderers or ex-zombies, as uh, Kojima would put it. They're very um, like there's zombies. a kind of thing you can imagine, like working as a subtype of an enemy in a much in a game with mu yeah, many more honestly, types yeah. of enemy. Like you're right. Like a, a zombie, a, a game revolving around zombies, usually has zombies as a character, as the theme of it. Here, they're just there. They're just 
annoyances they, that they, on top of other annoyances. They don't create any visceral reaction from you at all. No, no. I mean, the blandness of it goes right down to the artwork. I had trouble finding it on the PlayStation Store to download it because I kept skipping over it because the artwork, it looked like it could have been Umbrella Corps or like a Call of Duty or something. Like it's just someone with a gas mask and a rifle, back slightly turned, like just that classic shitty looking AAA shooter cover. I was like, where is it? Where? Wait, is that's the art? I was looking for a Metal Gear fucking game. Uh, and that was my mistake going in, just like with Dynasty Warriors. I went in expecting to play the game that was named on the box. Fuck me, right? <laughs> uh, so other... I had someone on Twitter, sorry. I, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I had someone on. on Twitter being all, oh, well, you don't like survival games anyway. I mean, they kept posting and posting about it. You don't like survival games anyway. What did you expect? I'm like, well, I expected a Metal Gear game. Because it's got Metal Gear in the title. Expecting something is not the same as being allowed to say it's shit, by the way. Yeah, what, also what that. What did you expect is the most fucking irrelevant... Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. ...thing someone can say. I expected but, this to be shit, and it's shit, and I'm saying it's shit. There you go. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, we all know Konami's a big pile of crap. So, mm. of, you know, I wasn't going in expecting too much. It'd be different much, if you are saying, I'm really disappointed... Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Then, I'm not disappointed. Then you I got, could conceivably ask, "Well, what did you expect?" Yeah, my expectations were met. I mean, actually, I will say they. It is worse than I expected, because I expected a Metal Gear game. I expected them to just sort of copy a lot of Phantom Pain, and then overlay the survival stuff. What I didn't expect was them for them to go the other way round, and just do this really generic shit survival game with a Metal Gear overlay. Um, so in that regard, like, I actually did get worse than I expected. So I could even say I'm disappointed. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that it's not that I hate survival games, it's just that I have fucking standards. And I don't think a game that turns you into a babysitter for your protagonist rather than you, you know, actually being able to enjoy the game, I don't think that's good. I'm all for feeling like you're having to survive, having to procure resources and make sure that you're fed and you're, you're not going to die of thirst and all this. But when meters decrease so inanely rapidly and they deliberately make the resources scarce, to it's just an, it's irritating. And it's made even worse when there's a really boring voice from some AI that's controlling your base and like your mission operative and whatever... Constantly going, oh, your stamina is low. Take a break. Oh, you are getting thirsty. <laughs> it's like, I can already see it because there is a meter next to my character in a terrible UI constantly flashing red, constantly telling me to worry. It's not a good game. It's and at its core, it's just another survival game in a sea of the bastards. Not even one of the good ones. And if, if this is what Konami has to show for us, if this is what Konami has to show in a post-Kojima Metal Gear world, then goodbye Metal Gear because you are fucked. <laughs> and I can only look forward to Death Stranding because it's clear that the talent went with Kojima as far as Metal Gear goes. Hmm, definitely. Uh... So other things this week, uh, I played like some demos for a few things. So I've got a few things that are like I I have some quick thoughts on. Uh, I got a I got to play a demo for Biomutant, which is that uh, THQ Nordic game where you're sort of like a raccoon with a a gun and a sword. Oh yeah, that looked really cool. Yeah, so I, I got to play about half an hour of it, and this demo was like a little bit a little bit on rails. Um, it was. The, the sort of mutations that are the big part of this game that you can change your creature into other types of things, they were mainly, like, handed to you at scripted moments to be like, hey, have a look at, a, at like, some of the mutations. So, like, this... I don't feel like I got necessarily a proper look at the game, but I got to see at least what the sort of combat mechanics and the moment-to-moment the -moment is like. The combat system is really nice. Um, it is one of those sort of, like, action... 
action platformer type games where like you lock onto a lock onto an enemy, you can like flick the stick to change between which one you're locking at. Um, you your main the combat's pretty simple. You have melee attacks that can be altered by comboing them with a dodge or a jump, and you have gun attacks which can be altered by doing them with a dodge or with a jump and you just chain between those and you have some special abilities you can use the whole thing just moves very very fluidly there's a really nice like there's a really nice flow to combat where you can just be sort of like very effectively going from one enemy to another back and forth there's a lot of very nice visual stuff that gives impact to the hits um Stuff like those very comic book text-esque bam, pow sort of things will come up when you make contact with enemies and they stay on screen just long enough to give you a sense of like, yes, you successfully hit them. Give you a bit of a sense of like, which one have you just hit? Which one should you maybe move to? That sort of thing. All of the combat stuff in this game feels fantastic. And it looks a lot more polished than I was expecting. It It is a very good looking, very good feeling game. My caveat from the demo I played was that platforming does not oh, feel great. No. So generally it feels fine. If you're just running around the world, it feels fine. If you're just doing yeah. a single jump or a double jump, it feels fine. I, I I forget if you said is this three uh, D or two D? Ah, three D. Yes, sorry, I, okay. I I apologize, I didn't specify there. Um, so that there's normal jumps and normal running around are fine in the platforming, but sometimes it wants you to do more elaborate bits of platforming that just don't feel good. Um, oh, I hate it when that happens. I hate it when yeah. a really good game like is ruined by some shitty platforming. Yeah. So th- there's one section of platforming I remember from this half hour or so demo that really stands out to me was I had an ability where I could make these like spongy trampoline mushroom things grow and I was supposed to bounce on one up to a very tall like walkway and land on this like narrow walkway. I must have done this a good 10 or more times because like, you know, I'd be slightly off track. I try and corrected the air just slightly and I'd go way past. Like there there was way too much sensitivity trying to correct in the air on these like very high precise jumps and it just has me slightly worried. Like when you're doing combat in this game, it feels fantastic. Yeah. But I'm just slightly concerned about like ha- how big of a priority is platforming going to be because I can see myself getting frustrated if this is a lot of platforming right okay yeah that, that does fingers crossed because I mean everything I've only ever seen like screenshots and that yeah um, it, but it looked it, the character like the design of it had my attention yeah all of the the enemy designs are really nice in this there's a great sense that you can tell like where these enemies fit into the ecosystem like what you can usually tell what they're going to be able to do in combat based on looking at them their designs are very telling of their abilities um there's just a lot of like really nice visual touches. Um, it's it's a very colourful game. There's a lot of very high saturation colours going on. There's a lot of very nice visual effects for things like if you can electrocute an enemy, you get this really nice, slightly uncanny, jerking skeleton animation going on as they sort of flash between skeleton and like the whole creature. All of the visual stuff and the combat is fantastic. I'm really satisfied with. I'm just a little bit sort of... uh. I think the only other thing I didn't know going into that game was that there seems to be some moral choice morality bar stuff going on. I, I don't know how much of this is demo specific, but the demo was like almost trying to be fourth wall breaky talking to the the player not the character maybe like the very first thing when i jumped into this demo was it was like okay are you going to be a a hero or an anti-hero do you want 10 10 of the blue points or 10 of the red points and it was making no secret of hiding okay this choice is going to fill up one of these morality bars Hmm. um 
That's that's a little. In- I if if they're playing that deliberately, like to make fun of morality choices in games, although. It's, they kind of fell out of fashion this like yeah. towards the end of the last generation. They were all the rage for a while and then kind of stopped. They were. It, it's tough to tell from this demo because like most of the choices I were getting were things like, here's a fork in the road. Are you going to go left or right? You pick a, a, a way to go. And then it goes, are you sure you want to keep going down this way? You can always turn back and then you have to choose <laughs> turn back and take the other fork or stick on this one. I actually one. find that that's you know, interesting. You know what game had nice moral choices? What game? Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Really nice moral. <laughs> One of the it, many it, it, things it, that game that the, the, that game it, does good. It was more, yeah, it was more along the line of, and, and with your skill checks and stuff like that, because I got like half an hour of it in this week, because I had no time for games this week. But, I, I and I'm paraphrasing, but there's a moment where two wolves have something you want. You can either tell them with your wits that you saw a kitty cat running into the woods and it was tied up <laughs> and, and and you'll mind their thing for them. Or you can literally say, tell them you'll kick the shite out of them. And it's shite. It's not shit. It's tell them you'll kick the shite out of them. Class eight. Which is the kind of moral choices I want in my games. Yeah. See, like, make, make, them, make them amusing and interesting. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, it's... It's it's tough to tell how much of this was like put on for the demo for Biomutant, but like it seemed like maybe it's going for like comedic or fourth wall breaking talk to the player moral choice stuff. Something like maybe. the Bard's Tale or something. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see if that's the case in the full game. So Interesting. Ha- having played half an hour of it, like I'm I came away more excited than I was going in. Um, mm-hmm. considering that THQ Nordic are like in that sort of like mid tier of, of developers, like they're not at the sort of EA Ubisoft level they're or sort anything. of those ones where the games could go either way. Yeah, this, this is definitely one of the more triple A feeling games they've done. Like this feels like they put some money and budget behind it. So, uh, are the levels, uh, opened up or uh, the, sort of linear the, pathways and stuff? Okay, the, demo was pretty linear uh it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of corridor here's an open environment to do some combat yeah. Lin- uh, like here's a couple of linear corridors but, i've got no problem with that i'm just yeah, curious but, like i i i like linear games the, like i i'm i, I would like more linear corridors yeah. this, this so, gen, honestly the, the reason i i'm sort of hedging where i say that is the very first thing was a split br- branching path and i never saw what was down the other path so in theory, right. I right at the start of that demo made a choice and then went down a completely different corridor to where I could have gone, I suppose. And that's interesting. So, like even with the linearity, if there yeah, were diverging paths it, that could mean different things. It definitely implied that like while it is fairly linear, that there were multiple linear paths to take. Yeah. Oh that's that that's that's that's, that's Yeah. That's I've, fine. I've like got, I mean, even if it was straight linear, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I've definitely got my eyes on it. Like I I'm in the mood for something that isn't too open that I can just kind of push through and, and get through and I'm I'm excited for this. Uh and sounds good. I'm trying to see what else did I play? I I played a couple of things that I'll probably have much shorter thoughts on. Um I played a game called Muddle Dash that I saw back at PAX Australia a while back. Um, it's a multiplayer party game where you play a group of octopuses, o- octopodes. Um, octopi, yeah, I believe. O- octopi, whatever the, the plural is. Uh, a bunch of octopus, um, all fighting to over a single birthday present to take to a birthday party. So you're all sort of like skidding around without much control. And the whole idea is there is one present and multiple people kick each other so that you drop the present, grab the present, (laughs) run through this obstacle course. Don't get kicked while you've got the present in case someone steals it. Be the one person who makes it to the birthday party with the present because all the other octopuses will look like... Yeah, all the other octopuses look like idiots because they turned up at the party without without a present. (laughs) Because there's only one present to go around. Um... It's it's a really silly little game. There's not much to it, but it's it's the kind of very forgiving, sliding around, uh, not particularly precise party game that like you could hand this to someone that doesn't really play games and go, that's the kick button, kick them, take the present, run away, and they yeah. The idea isn't so it. much in being like super skillful as it is just sliding about and having yeah, a laugh. It's, it's just sliding about and having a bit of chaotic fun. Um, apparently it's coming out in the spring this year. It's coming to PC and Switch, and Switch is like 
probably where I'm going to pick this up. Yeah, it's just just a fun, silly thing where you put a, a, a hat on an octopus and make it kick other octopuses so that you can get That's a present good. to a party. That was, uh, that was the, fun. the name of that again is? Uh, Muddle Dash. Muddle Dash. I'll yeah. have to keep uh, an eye out. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's only just like Nebulous Spring at the moment, but gotcha. not too far off. Um, there was a game called Welcome to Basingstoke I played a little bit of. <laughs> Uh, what a great name! I know, right? Uh, so, I wrote about this like a month or so ago in my like big list of British games coming out in 2018. Um, it is made by a couple who I believe live in Basingstoke, and it is a <laughs> isometric zombie survival game set in Basingstoke. So the whole idea is like, hey, try and survive a zombie apocalypse, but everything is unapologetically British. Um... It feels like it's been made with a lot of love. There's a lot of like really nice touches to the game that feel that feel like this is something that was a love letter a couple of people have made and not just like f- farmed out to fill a genre niche. Um, it's really nice touches like on loading screens. You've got like a, a zombie sort of pressed up against a, a set of traffic lights and the traffic lights go sort of like red, yellow into green to load the level. Uh, you're picking up all the, the Queen's sterling coins and uh, you've got your traffic bollards. All the, all the police cars look like English police cars. Pubs feel very much like a British pub mentality. Hmm. Like, everything about it just feels very, like... Yeah, this this feels very Very British. Basingstoke. Very Basingstoke. Um, it, it does the sort... I was in Basingstoke once. I... Random. I believe I went through Basingstoke the other day trying to get home on a very weird train journey, I think. I I had no idea it was a place that was... um, People would just know, like, oh, Basingstoke is a place. I thought it was, like, this tiny little place in in London or something. Basingstoke, I believe, is the largest town in Hampshire. Really? Yeah, it's it's the largest town that's then not big enough to be a city. So, like, it's the oh, largest yeah. town in Hampshire. And it's there mainly known for having way too many roundabouts. It, it's, like, oh, people... I don't remember that. Yeah, apparently there are, I like... remember it being nice. <laughs> apparently it's quite nice, but there are roundabouts everywhere. Um, so, it, it, the game does the sort of thing that, like, if you've played Binding of Isaac, you know, you get your different character choices where they all have different... Slightly different starting loadouts... Yeah. This this game does that, but with like, you might have you are you might start as a police officer, so you have a a truncheon that is like gonna knock zombies back, but probably not kill them. But it's pretty sturdy. You could play as a tourist who has like a GPS to help them find their way around, and a camera to momentarily stun zombies with the flash. <laughs> like it's it's just very cute ideas. Um, even even when you get like captured and eaten by zombies. It's all very cute. You you explode into very colourful, like, cartoonish entrails. Everything about it's not gruesome in any way. It's all just kind of sweet and charming. <laughs> so yeah, like, I, I don't know how the full game's going to turn out, but it's a fun little game. That's, that is one ah. that's on my radar, so... Well, it's nice to know that there's one good uh, zombie survival game coming <laughs> out. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that's that's one that, like... I enjoyed my time with that more than I have so far enjoyed Metal Gear Survive, Survival, whatever it is. I enjoyed hitting that delete button <laughs> to get it off my fucking dashboard. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of game... I downloaded oh. a game called Pinstripe instead. I've not played it yet, but the trailer looked interesting. What, what, it, what does it seem to be about? From what it's you like tell? a 2D... Uh, looks like it's got like hand-drawn art. Um, and there's some shooting in it. Like, I saw a guy... I only saw the trailer. uh, I downloaded it just to try it, see if there's a video in it. Um, But running around shooting things in the sky um, seems very story-based. It's about some guy going through hell, I think. Um, They they make reference to travelling through hell, but everything's sort of all grim and... uh, What's a good... there's There's several games in which I could reference the art style that it's reminiscent of, but I can't quite name any of them right now but i guess i'll let you know next week what i think of pinstripe yeah fair enough because i'm hoping to try it out later today if youtube can stop shitting itself <laughs> uh 
so yeah, what else was there? There was a, there's a little bit of game news I kind of wanted to bring up because like there's not been much in the way of game news this week, but it was one of the few things I thought was interesting to discuss maybe. So a company called Flight Sim Labs who make oh, yeah. yeah, I've received a thousand emails about it. I imagined you would have done, but like the the short version is this company makes add-ons for flight simulator games, like they tend to make hey, here's a new jet you can buy for about $100 and put into the game. And the most recent one they put out was this uh, this DLC jet that you could put into the game. And it came bundled with malware. Um, like mm-hmm. credit card information skimming, password skimming malware. And the developers go... Yeah, we did put malware in every copy of the game, including copies legitimately purchased, but but it's it's DRM because it's only meant to activate and do stuff if you if you pirate the game. Which is a weird bit of logic because A it's inexcusable. Yeah, a, you're still putting malware on everyone's computer. And B, how does putting malware in there prevent piracy? Because A, the pirates will notice the, the, the malware and just use a mal- like an anti-malware thing to get rid of it, probably. It doesn't stop them playing the game. And even if it activates as they're expecting it to, how is getting people's passwords going to punish pirates unless you're going to illegally use Unless those... you're going to use it, yeah. Yeah, because, like... My, my, is that the threat? My logic you pirate like, us, yeah. we're going to commit credit card fraud. Like that—that's the definition of two I, wrongs trying yeah. to make a right. I tried to like guess at the logic, and the best guess I can have, and this is still illegal, would be if they go, "Well, we have your passwords now, so we can log into your Facebook and find out your real name, and we can find out where you live, and then we can tell the authorities that you pirated the game, and because we know who you really are, then we punishment for pirates." Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is using the credit card information to charge them for the item, oh, which that's... again I don't think is legal. I'm pretty sure that's not legal. Even if you steal, I'm something, not a lawyer. I think it's still illegal to to charge for it without yeah. you know, going and, through and the courts. Yeah, and honestly, on the scale of bad things, piracy I think is a lot lower on the totem pole than. Installing malware into everyone's fucking computers. Well, there's there's a what the fuck? There's a bunch of like legal stuff that they would have like fallen afoul of at this point because then you start getting into like okay, let's say you get those people, those pirates like passwords or whatever. Are you following like data protection laws to make sure that people then don't steal that information from you? Like how well, that, yeah, how securely yeah. are, are you, you secure? keeping people's passwords and things? I mean, I just, considering how boneheaded an idea this is to begin with, that anyone would even think of this, I certainly wouldn't trust them with any private information because they can't be all that bright. Yeah. All this has done is certainly send out the message that you should not be buying anything from uh, Flight Sims Lab. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things like, I, trying to see the other side, I can see some sympathy for a company that's making very expensive add-ons probably has to deal with a lot of piracy. And I can understand, to a certain degree, a frustration and a desire to try and find new ways to prevent that, but this was not the way to do it. This is like if someone punches someone and in retaliation you stab them in the neck. At that point, the initial punch kind of doesn't really mean anything. Because you just stabbed someone in the neck. Yeah. Like that, that's the problem. When your response is such an escalation that it, it almost washes away what actually, you know, what the other person did. Because it so far outweighs it in terms of malice. I, it's stunning. Like, I've not done a video on it yet, which is why I keep getting fucking emails. Just because I've, <laughs> I've had other things I want to get through first. Um, you know, I can't do three videos at once. And... I wanted to get the Metal Gear Survive one out, and God knows when that'll go out now. But um, it's on my radar to do. Uh, but you know, I could basically just upload this section as a video <laughs> because this is that's pretty much my thoughts. Is yeah. that the message I receive from this is uh, don't buy from them. 
because that is not on. That is that is not a good way to to deal with that problem. Um, like, there, I've known companies who've done stuff before where they've like uploaded a different version to piracy sites that has something unique on it that punishes pirates. I've seen yeah. some clever ways of doing that. Like, some stuff where you look at it and think, that's actually funny. Um, I, I think there was, like, serious sounded something with my, a, an enemy that couldn't be killed or something. Yeah, my, my favourite one that's, like, jumping to mind was Mass Effect Andromeda, if you pirated it. Uh, there was a patch that fixed how the eyes looked in that game. If you pirated the game, you could not get the eye patch. Uh, uh, you see that? That is good. See, that's, that that's some good. wordplay with you messing with pirates. But, like, it, it is important to note that Flight Sim Labs... Maybe that's where uh, all the effort went with that game, was <laughs> coming up with that joke. <laughs> Flight Sim Labs have since been like, hey, yeah, we fucked up. And they have at least made it now. So if you do choose to purchase this DLC now, it no longer comes bundled with the malware. But... Just, just, just it's too late. Yeah, this does feel a bit. I would never too buy late. anything from a company that fucking inept. It does feel too little, too late right now. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing, very quickly on our list, was Jim. You've played a bit of the Bayonetta games on Switch. Oh yeah, sometimes I have uh, nice and good things to say. <laughs> um, I do have positive things to say sometimes. I forgot, I don't know how, but I forgot how good those games oh, were. I know, Even right. the first one, which has aged a bit more, but still feels really good. Obviously I played Bayonetta 2 a little bit first because Bayonetta 1 was a fucking download. Mm. So that was downloading, I was playing Bayonetta 2 again, and I was like, this is... This is brilliant. It's. I forgot. This is brilliant. I'm so happy that that game has like made it onto a platform that more people are going to have access to because. Yeah, it's got yeah. a good chance yeah. now. Bayonetta two is a. Mm, that's a good definitely, game. Definitely, definitely. Now that is one of the better Switch games you can get, and I recommend yeah. it wholeheartedly. If, if you're someone every time when I we... turn into the Panther, I keep hearing your song, Gav. Oh really. Ow, I'm a black cat. It's just for some, every time. For some reason, whenever I listen to this podcast, I keep hearing that song. I know it, it reminds me of your your yeah. music sometimes. This podcast, <laughs> particularly towards the beginning, uh, particularly that song. Um, yeah. When we were talking a couple of weeks about how Warframe's uh, minute to minute um, action feels really, really good in the hands, I I would say that same thing about Bayonetta. Yeah, really, yeah. really feels good to the dodging think, in that game feels so mm, good. Remember, Laura, you may not even remember this, but I remember last year you were talking about how much you loved the feel of the dodge mechanic in Near Automata. Mm, yes, yeah. And I feel like Bayonetta's one is different, but it has that similar, just very visceral satisfaction to it when you do it. Yeah, Platinum's good at that. Like yeah. even that Transformers game they made, they did a similar thing to the Bayonetta Dodge and Witch Time thing yep. with yeah. Generation 1 Transformers, and it was really fucking Plat- fun. Platinum I, games. I would love them to do another good one. Yeah, Platinum Games are really good at over-the-top games with really good dodge mechanics and attack systems that combo really nicely. Yeah. They just need to not spread themselves thin because mm. that year they were doing, or at least that period... They were doing a little too much because yeah. they did that Turtles one as well, and that and the was leg- They did the Legend of Korra game as well around that same time that wasn't great. Yeah, I didn't mm. play that one, but I heard that that was like their B team. It wasn't too good. But uh, when they're focused, they... God, their, their combat yeah. systems are so fluid if, and... If, if you've not played Bayonetta 2 yet and you have a Switch, it's a really goddamn good video game. Go play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly, I thought I'd struggle with it in the portable format, but it took me a, like just like a minute of, of getting used to it. Um, it. The smaller screen can make it a little harder, but the game is also very good at communicating when something's about to hit you. So um, Plus that the, audio-visual the, feedback is really good, so it, it, it makes up for the smaller screen. The timing window on the dodges is also very generous. Mm. Yes, especially in Bayonetta 2. They yeah. they seem to really want to emphasize your ability to do those dodges and counters. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, like It kind just... of felt like what um like the one the one that Link can do in Breath of the Wild, I could never get the hang of that. Oh, I... that one always annoyed me, yeah. In Bayonetta it's just so easy and it feels natural when you do it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would agree that it's easier to pull off in Bayonetta. I, I could do it like perfectly fine in Breath of the Wild, but they they definitely in Bayonetta have more of like, we'll give you a bigger window to do it so that you can feel that satisfied feeling more often. I'll say I, I yes. you pick it up quickly in Bayonetta. In yeah. Breath of the Wild, I needed to practice. Yeah. Mm. To, to get it but, down, that, which some people would have no problem with, but but for me, I just love that instant. You're in the action, yeah. fluid, skating that, around, generating which time. That's actually something worth pointing out that with Bayonetta, I think um, I know for me, I looked at those games being played and I thought, ooh, that looks like it might be a bit difficult for me because of the speed and because of the combos and the amount of enemies on screen, I presume they'd be very hard, but it's actually on, on normal mode, at least it's a very easy game to learn. It's, it's, and it's not, yeah. it's, it's not a difficult game. It's like, one of those on easy to learn, difficult to yeah. master type yeah, of situations. Exactly. Yeah. So don't, don't be put off by that. Like I was, because I was, when I actually went and round and played it, then it's, it's a very forgiving game. And, and yeah, it's, it's not one of those like let's let's be super hardcore for the sake of it. Like there's challenge, yeah. and especially if you want to get like platinum medals for clearing yeah. battles and stuff. And especially if can... you if you chuck it up on the harder mode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's just very satisfying. At its pure entry point, it is kind of just a power fantasy, and that's okay. Mm. Like at at the entry level, you can jump in and feel like a badass. And then if you take the extra time, you can do incredible things with combos. and yeah. Once you start learning more techniques. and like, that, I, I rarely that really pull that stuff off. Good, good combat system, though. Really yeah. easy to learn and then takes a long time to, easy to really learn, get to the fancy really, stuff out of. Yeah. yeah. Although I, a lot of the flashy moves I end up not doing because the, the action is so fucking fast and, and furious and in yeah. your face that I'm normally just like smashing buttons yeah. and then I'm surprised when a big hair like boot made yeah. out of her hair comes out and kicks someone. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I brilliant, I did a thing. <laughs> yeah. How do I um, do that again? <laughs> or I buy a new technique from like mm-hmm. Rodan's shop. Um, God, I love Rodan as a character. Oh, yeah. Like, I buy a new technique from him, and then I do that, like, for up until I buy a new technique, and then I forget the old one <laughs> and just do the new one again over and over. Um, but yeah, great fucking game. Bayonetta 2, especially. Bayonetta 1, um, obviously, aged, aged a bit more and didn't have quite as many uh, gameplay improvements. And uh, it, it still feels. There were complaints about some of its cutscene yeah. stuff and the. QTEs and that, but it, it does Bayonetta still feel is great cool. on a handheld. Though the first game, it's yeah. oh yeah, yeah. What what I've played of it so far, um, it's it's been good to to play again, and I I do hope that this time Bayonetta gets gets the recognition it deserves because it really does as a series deserve some fucking it deserves better than what it got. Yeah, and I'm glad that Nintendo weirdly stuck by it. Although I am shocked that um, the Nintendo themed costumes that you can use in the original Bayonetta, I'm so shocked Nintendo signed off on some of those because <laughs> they really are like like you see those pictures of uh, sexy Halloween costumes <laughs> for women. It really is like sexy Princess Peach with and the camera being um, quite a shameless, unabashed male gaze camera. Um, constantly shooting her ass, so you're constantly getting upskirts if she's wearing like the Princess Peach one or, or you know one of the Nintendo ones. Um, I'm just which surprised Nintendo was pointing, like, I'm okay with this. Which I suppose is worth pointing out as well that 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 may be something some of you may not enjoy about the game. That might be off-putting for you as well. You may not. Yeah, yeah. you may you may find that that's a little because I, I, pers- I mean I personally didn't mind it or particularly like it either. It just kind of was what it was. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I just find it too stupid to dislike. Yeah, the the fan service is so deliberately dumb. <laughs> like it it knows what it's doing, mm. and I've always been like more lenient on that. Like mm. it's when I get shit like Ubisoft saying, "Oh, we can't make a playable woman character because we can't afford to do it. We don't have the resources." It's like when you start bullshitting me or trying to hide what you do. Mm. It's like you won't see me rag on like Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball because it's doing its fucking thing. Like I don't give a fuck. I- that's why oh, that whole thing about are oh, we worried about critics in the West thing was so bizarre just, to me, because no one gives a shit about a game like that doing its yeah. fucking thing. Just, it's just it's when more it's like, bullshit. Be more like Yoko Taro. I just really like girls. <laughs> the the thing I will add as well is that there is 
the context of Bayonetta as a character being aware of her own sexuality yeah. and using that to her advantage at times, and that does, um, in some cases, oh, she's incredibly saucy and enjoying yeah. her sexuality. Oh, exactly. She's not, yeah, like, it's yeah. it is a it is a weapon that she willingly and enjo- enjoys using. It's sort of, I mean, when one of your first introductions to her is lining up an entire, like, row of angels up against a gravestone and then spanking the ass of the other one so that they turn into dominoes <laughs> after saying, oh, you need a good spanking, um, you know, you're going to ex- have to expect, like, camp, like, almost 70s level of mm. camp sexualization. Um which I realise, you know, I Ca- fully carry accept on is not everyone's thing. <laughs> <laughs> carry on up the bayonetta. There, there's our, there's our episode title. Carry on up the bayonetta. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds good to me. Is that a good way to wrap up? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I like that the title's right at the end because people, some people listen to find out what the context was. Um, but anyway, uh, that's that. So, Laura. You do other work. You're not just on this podcast. What? You're all over, all the, over place. the place. Where can people find that about? How can they... How? What? How? How? How is this? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz most places with usernames. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me on uh, kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can also find me on a couple of other podcasts. I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast I host with Jane Aris Magnet. Uh, you can find that on youtube.com slash Laura K Buzz. I'm also on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season is a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three and four. You should go listen to those. Wonderful. Uh, and Gavin, musician extraordinaire, whose music is about Bayonetta 2, actually, that plays at the beginning of uh, Podquisition. Uh, but where can people hear not just the full version of that wonderful song, but all of your other great tunes? Hey, 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 find my fucking tunes on the YouTube. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Come and find me on YouTube under Miracle of Sound. Uh, the latest song is about Shadow of the Colossus, and it's been getting a phenomenal response. Uh, apparently it's making some people cry, though, so be careful oh. of your emotions if you're coming Watch to listen to it. And if you were very moved by the game. And you can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. Do follow me on Twitter because uh, I think Laura, have you have you passed me out yet? Uh, I don't know. What's, <laughs> I think what, you what's have. your Twitter people at? What, what's you up to? Uh, I think it's like forty four or something like that. I, I don't know if I've caught you. I think I'm on forty three point three. Oh, it's getting. Oh, oh wait, close. wait. I'm forty three point six. It's getting oh, so close. Like three hundred people <laughs> come follow me on Twitter and not Gab. Yeah. <laughs> go on. Go on. <laughs> And um, Miracle of Sound on Patreon, and that's where you can help me to continue making music and having Wednesday afternoons free. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, yep, all highly recommended stuff. Thank you both so much for joining me this week, and thank you all for listening. Uh, as for myself, you know what most of my stuff is. Look for a Metal Gear Survived Impressions when YouTube feels like being a video service again. Um, what else have I got? Uh, this Saturday, February 24th, I will be at The Path of Least Resistance, the latest show from Pro Wrestling Ego. Stardust is initiating Phase 3 of the Stir Search. So if you're in Jackson or can get to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, take yourself to the hideaway. The bell rings, ding, 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 at 7pm. Uh, and Stardust will be in attendance along with many other talented wrestlers such as Ray Fury, uh, the Nightmare Jeremiah, uh, the former boot boys or the moot boys as Stardust calls them um, the left hand path uh, all your faves all your faves all, all, all my faves are going to be there so come check it out and we'll see you all next week bye bye bye